June 21st, 2009. This is a lot from Pedro Show.
everywhere. Now it's eternity. What was said to the rose that made it open was said to me here in my chest. What was told the cypress that made it strong and straight? What was whispered the jasmine? So it is what it is. Whatever made sugarcane sweet. Whatever was said to the inhabitants of the town of Chugil in Turkestan that makes them so handsome. Whatever lets the pomegranate flower blush like a human face, that is being said to me now. I blush. Whatever put eloquence in language. That's happening here. The great warehouse doors open. I fill with gratitude, chewing a piece of sugarcane, in love with the one to whom every that belongs. What was said to the rose that made it open was said to me here in my chest. What for Pedro show? Happy Sunday, um, fathers. Summer solstice. Yeah, longest day of the year, and yeah, pops fathers out there. Yeah, my pops been gone eighteen years. I was pedaling. I had to pedal late today because it was late gig last night. Redwood blew a lot of clams. So did an act of contrition on the rocks there at Royal Palms. <laughs> Gloria yeah. Mann was the most yeah, obvious no. one I've ever seen. Oh, yeah, I should say. We got some guests. Joining me and Brother Matt is Mr. Bob Styers, Mr. Hello. Twan, Mr. Joe, his buddy, Mr. Kevin. Hey. And you people can't see it. But maybe you can hear it. Do those cameras make sound? They whirl. They they got a whiz. Yeah. So if you hear whizzing, uh, that's the cameras. He's taking Which a whiz. Mr. Kevin is um, piss bottles out. Doing a uh, a document. Right? Who? What would you call? It? I'd say document. propaganda. Yeah, film. Joe. Eyewitness news. Last night, Joe. Propaganda film. Bob, hold on. Joe, you said last night there's a thread you're making. Yeah. Well. Uh, I'm shooting a concert series and a lot of the you know musicianship going on around town has sort of a thread that goes through it people influence each other just being in towns over from each other influences each other and so eventually they they cross paths so it's kind of an L.A. story yeah yeah right on the Nederlander story and uh He's filmed me at, you know, Missing Man gigs, Second Man gigs, mm-hmm. Hellride gigs, Banyan gigs. 
It doesn't have anything to do with the big banyan tree. Well, that's a, uh, a part of the philosophy. But Perkins, the, when he came up with that name, he was thinking of the banyan tree because his, uh, the other trunks grow from the limbs. And I don't know. It's a physical specimen, the way it grows continuously, and it's a fascinating. There's a whooping-ass one in uh, Thomas Edison's Menlo Park pad. Really? It's been growing for years. There's also a big one in, uh, on that, the way to Diamond Head in uh, Oahu. Yeah. yeah. That's a what with the Gandhi statue. There's a whooper, man. I mean, it's like a forest from one tree. So that's the kind of tree that Buddha was sitting under when he was enlightened. No, that's a Bodhi tree. Bodhi, right, 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 right. right. Maybe they're the same. Maybe that's India, where it's Sanskrit. Bodhi. I think it is. The Bodhi tree was. Uh, that's where the Bodhisattva yeah, yeah, comes from. Yeah. That's where he got the mm-hmm. bing. I don't know how many forty days or something. He sat there a long time and just yeah. bing, and a Bodhisattva. It's the being, but don't go. He stays back yeah. for us. Pass some lessons along. Yeah. That is way more Mingus-like. Or, uh, Mingus? No, not Mingus. Charlie died an angry man. Like punching <laughs> uh, <laughs> Jackie McLean? Right? Yeah. No, no, no. Mingus, maybe he was kind of a bodhisattva. In a in musical sense. <laughs> maybe the social skills were a little uh, still in learning stage. Really? Speaking well. of learning, Brother Matt, how many... 49, 49 graduate. Yeah, we rock. Big respect. Yeah, thank you. Hi, Twan. We rock. Mm-hmm. That's hard work. I can attest that having just been at a place for a few weeks. It's just the magic of the place and having some cool folks working it and getting rid of the kooks. I think the like topography here, the fact that, you know. <laughs> kooks not being the students, it, but being administration. Right, right, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they, that's third and voter. Don't you think that. It works better here because of the topography and all. Whereas if you slam that up at sixty, you know, sixty-eighth and uh, oh, even that back at our main office at Harp Rock, it's like out here getting the fresh energy, fresh yeah. air, fresh water, and back there's like backwater, back harbor sludge. <laughs> now, what um, do you think about when uh, high school gets? Because Pedro's getting a new high school. Yeah, called Angels Gate. Mm-hmm. Speaking of angels, well, I should say what we, uh, the music. We started out with John Coltrane doing Stellar Regions, and then we heard Migu with Feelings, new album. And then, do you got, hey, you guys know about Rumi? The poet? The yeah, poet yeah, yeah, yeah. From like 700 years ago? Uh-huh. Well, that's uh, Coleman uh, Barks reading uh, what was said to the Rose. He wrote some drippy-ass poems. Yeah, man. he's like older. I think he lived he- in that, uh, what's called uh, Afghanistan or... Uh, part of the world, mm. and uh, he was a Sufi, and a Sufi's kind of like a mystic kind of Muslim yeah, trip. Yeah, yeah, kind of a nomadic wanderer type of a poet. Uh, yeah, and uh, kind of like the experience has to be very personal and inductive. And, and, and in Turkey, it ended up as der- a dervish, mm. right? Then yeah, the guys twirling spans, around, yeah, yeah the spares, yeah. <laughs> where the dead got that idea. Yeah, we got to have all <laughs> those fans. chicks, those hippie chickies, you know, yeah, yeah, actually, skirts around. Actually, it, good there, times. Yeah, it's a way of getting a transcend, uh, getting there's altered a, states. There's a whole mm. technique to it, I heard, the way mm. you hold your hands yeah. and the, the, the angle of the head mm. when you're doing the twirling. and They were at UCLA. Physics, yeah. Like the Turk... They're really intense about being secular, but they allow it because of a cultural thing. And there's a troop torn around and doing that thing where they kind of coordinated. Mm. Yeah. But what happens, you get yourself in a state, ecstatic. Mm. And I think Rumi was into this. 
And his Disney poems read like Disney. that. They're mm-hmm. real passionate. It's good stuff. Uh, but speaking of angels, Kate. Okay, yesterday, you see the sun today. There ain't a cloud in the sky. Yeah. Yesterday was gray, mm-hmm. okay? And I went out early. And it was calm in the harbor. And, um, we get the cool There was some motion, there. okay? Uh-huh. There was some motion, but no slapping, no water in the face. And that motion is a great feeling to have. Mm-hmm. But then I hit the angel gate and went into the open sea, and all of a sudden it turned. And the little mist came down, the sky grayed up even darker. And, oh, man, there's... You don't know where these things come from, right? Because they're not, there's no coast there. I mean, they're, they're, there is some kind of bounce back reflective off the breakwater. But some motherfuckers came in, and I was in the, these troughs that were like five, six mm. feet. And I was total tininess being bobbed. And, the, you know, the situation there, you yeah, have to be... intense forces coming in. Oh, a lot of yeah, water yeah. surging out of the out of the gate. But, and it was outside, in. too. I think there was just some heavy heaviness, maybe. Mm-hmm. Was that picture you sent me was of the gate, that was as you were going out? Yeah, uh, so no, that's, was... that's me coming back and being okay. so grateful I made it because I, I got out there great. and the shit caught me and I had to plow into it. I couldn't bring her about... Because if, if I turned the beam on her, she'd roll me. Uh-huh. So I had to go right into them. And, of course, it's carrying me more and more out. But mm-hmm. I had to wait till the sets died, deck, but died down so I could bring her about. But there's this reflection thing off the breakwater. You know, the opening's only so big. Yeah. And they're, they're coming off back on. And, man, you, I'm not much of a man, so I'm not saying <laughs> getting brave. But you got to stay calm. Uh-huh. If you fucking wig. Yes, if, you, if you keep... Got that. Both hands on that fucking paddle because it's 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 a balance bar, and you just gotta wait it out. And like you know, I'll I'll come around when she lets me. And fuck, I mean, it was it was intense. And then you know, I do bring her about, and then the shit's behind you, pushing you. Okay, Uh, and there's something about in front of you, even if they're whoop ass, at least you've seen it and shit. mm -hmm. And when it's behind you, and you just like you're gonna pearl, like the thing, (laughs) the after's just gonna come up over you, and you're just like. Just don't want to roll her. Don't want to roll her. Now, my, my yak's a little one, and it's got a big hole, though. So she'll swan. Mm. I, I, you know, I don't know. Like maybe yeah, if you don't she have turtled, a skirt on it. That could easily no, be no turtle. Skirt, but if, yeah, but if she turtled, maybe it would uh, capture air and not let her sink. Mm. But if she caught water and didn't turtle yeah. and just filled up, yeah, she'd go down. Uh-huh. I know. Water's so heavy. Yeah. It does have a back compartment that would keep the little wheels in mm-hmm. with the rubber lip. I don't know. I've never tried it. I've never yet have gone... You know, the sit on top, to you ain't got to worry about that stuff because yeah. they always float. But you get wet in those. Mm-hmm. Anyway, I was getting a little wet. A little wet. You got to know how to play it. You know, Keith Moon, the story about him. You know, I don't Rolls know if Royce you know how to play it. I think she's playing you, yeah. and but you I mean, just got to hang on. And, and, when and something's be- filling up. Beg yeah. for a... You use your, that's when you use your Buddhist, no, filling, stillness, calm, uh-huh. still yourself, you know. There's a different ways where it fill up. I mean, this uh, the way we're t- I'm talking about right now is like... She rolls over and takes water. There's a thing when you're going out and the waves are just so high. If you're going out not from the breakwater, oh, so it's doing this popping bell. No, the, the, the waves are just so high they break yeah. over mm-hmm. your bow and fill you up. Yeah. And, but I got a pump and I got half a Clorox bottle I bail with that stuff. Oh, okay. I mean, like I said, sit on top. You ain't got that risk. Mm-hmm. But then sit on top. You're gonna get wet. Yeah. You know. So if you're gonna be out for two hours and it's cold. Yeah, it can be bone well, chill. You get off and your legs chill. are asleep and you yeah, fall right. in the water. No circulation. <laughs> you know that? So I'd rather risk having the openness. Uh-huh. Uh, the small hole actually 
not water, get in there. There's a skirt, these guys, mm. white water in them and stuff. But those, hard to get out of if they do roll. They got a little little emergency cord, so it pulls out. Pulls out, and um, you pull your knees up to your chest. And, you yeah, know. so so there there's a technique, but it's it's like you getting used to a, a new technique. technique. Yeah. yeah, but is it like Joe Mannix rolling out of a car at fifty miles an hour? You know, dip in the mm. shoulder. I mean, you got it. Is there's something that physics sort of tai chi aspect to it? Yeah, once no? you get it down, it works okay. Because the when I was down in the Sea Cortez, we had to use the skirt thing. I didn't do any rolls or anything, so, but uh, we were. One day was totally storming with some swells and heavy wind and rain, and it was a good thing to have that skirt on. Yeah, because yeah. uh, you yeah. can take on water yeah, and you don't bet. go in the boat. Yeah, yeah, that's uh, you get tired. And, I mean, when uh, you get a wash, and it washes over you. That's, Mine thing is totally vulnerable because it's like a tiny bathtub. Mm-hmm. Well, how much water would that hold in it? Because you figure it eight pounds a gallon. Uh, you yeah, know, it's eight pounds yeah, more, a gallon, way, more than you'd want. I mean, plenty, five, five gallons is forty pounds. Yeah. yeah, I used to do the sparklet bottle without the with, without the glass. Be, yeah, now they're plastic, but they're still weighing a bunch. Uh, yeah, that's a hard job, man. But anyway, I felt very relieved Good for to the get force. back in because mm-hmm. as soon as I got inside harbor, it was calm again. That stuff was <laughs> all know, so happening outside. I've had situations like, because of this kind of lake effect, mm-hmm. the reflective, where it's rougher inside the harbor. Yeah, than yeah, it totally gets rough. <laughs> Is that, that's a kickback, you know, from hitting the, the hurricane gulch out there. That back. But that, you know, that picture that you should put that up on your side, it, it really captures some tension. When I saw that, I go, yeah. this doesn't look like he was just killing with the pelicans today, man. It's no, like, actually, it's the after, water's almost up in the boat. Bob, Bob, actually, it's after and so I am relieved. Mm. Yeah. I turned back. I got a new camera. It's a waterproof camera. Oh, I don't cool. have to use the little camera in the skin diver housing uh-huh. anymore. It's a Pentax. But I don't have a lanyard yet for it. Uh-huh. So this fucking thing's laying on my lap, you know. So it takes little movies, too? It takes movies. Uh-huh. There's been these baby Ashika uh, sea lions hanging out on those rocks at the lighthouse in the Angel Gate. Now there's only about 10. At first there was like 40 of them. Yes. Yeah, uh, tiny guys, you know? Two three foot mm. like their parents so the parents aren't ever out there because at no. first when you first what got back is, it looked this like is they what were happens, man, you told me. Uh, the way sea lions work is a man runs a harem and so all the other dudes are in these packs of like uh-huh. very frustrated young men like if you've been to Pier 39 San Francisco all those ones by that restaurant yeah, yeah, yeah. those are all young men uh-huh. that are very you know they're fighting uh-huh. over they sexually frustrated well they don't have a harem sexually you know? frustrated they got to wait till some guy gets old or weak. And uh, so what happens is they go and sometimes uh, harass the mothers and they separate from their kids. Uh-huh. Yeah. So none of these kids, these babies had tags on the flippers. You know, we got a hospital. Here. Yeah, yeah. And so none of them have been in. It's, it's, it's trippy. I've never seen, been, I've always seen a couple sometimes or one, but never masses of juveniles. They've been finding a lot of dead ones on the beach. Really? Yeah. Yeah, I just read an article about that. They're like washing up, like malnourished everywhere. All over they the kind world. of like hide those. But there yeah, was a bacteria getting in the brain know? and making yeah. them insane. But there's like too many seals. Charging a lot of that information so is suppressed. It's like you know, uh, there's just too many. Them. There's a lot of competition for that food. They don't well, really have any. any also, help. all these shores used to be their lands. Mm. And you'd you remove know? so many mm. things, like I don't and, care if it's abalone, but so many things aren't there that have that synergy. There's too many sharks gobbling them. Yeah. That's they're hurting, right? Yeah. But they also they're they're home. It's hard for them to be at sea, especially if sea gets rough. It tires mm. them out. Mm. They don't always stay at sea. That's why you see them piling on the buoys. Mm. 
There's a bunch of different kinds around here too. The sea yeah, lions, harbor, the harbor seals, pinnipeds. Uh, because of the well, they're all pinniped yeah. family, and then uh, it has to do with the ears classified a sea lion and a seal. Mm. Harbor seals more round head, bulbous eyes, whiskers, spots. Mm. Yeah, the whole the body. Uh, I don't know you know, what you call that when the genes show themselves. When what shows itself? The genes show themselves. There's a there's a term for that. Oh. Fuck. But you know, you know, because like right, you you have a blue eyes recessive gene. But that mean, that means you got both recessive what? genes, mm. right? But you could have brown gene. Well, you carry the brown recessive. eyes that has a recessive and a dominant, mm. but it don't show up. It looks brown. So that's why the gene thing is different than the way it, it appears. Cause you it, can't really see the gene thing. Mm. Well, now they can examine DNA and shit. And then something goes wrong and you end up being left-handed. That's the theory is from the sixth month of pregnancy to the first six months of life, something went wrong and it flips. Yeah, well, that's, I think, behavior. I don't think that is... Well, that's just... Actually, that's the machine itself, though, the will of it to adapt instantly to a crisis, like you're talking about. Yeah, but behavior. There's a whole argument about behavior versus genes. Environment and... Yeah, yeah, but if you have the bad gene and the person with the behavior that... Drives that train. Yeah, but why um, is it a bad gene? Um, it's, it's a bad seed. <laughs> I don't know. So, <laughs> the bad seed. You never saw that film? You haven't? One of the greatest classics of all time. Uh, so it was kind of scary. To teach you respect to the ocean, never uh, get too uh, overconfident. Sea is something yeah. else. Like these two cats last week who tried to go to Santa Barbara. Mm-hmm. You know about that? Yeah, yeah, the dudes when the boats and they, they just started lost. sailing and they want to go yeah, hundred miles. Yeah, the Coast Guard, all those, they were looking. I think they found parts of the boat. Uh, really? Not them. Yeah, they were missing for for a while. Just scored a boat, no experience. Young guys, yeah. early twenties or something. Uh, you got to know. Those are Croatian saying "more, more" or something like that. The ocean can, because it can. Yeah, it can more, do whatever. It's a Croatian saying "the more, yeah. more." Yeah. Means the ocean can. That's yeah. right. I've never yeah. heard that before. That's fucking cool. I like that. Yeah, it can. And will. <laughs> Those are very wise econo words. Yeah, yeah totally. totally. The, the ocean doesn't mean. Oh, yeah, let's hear some.
Juan from Pedro Show. Okay, uh, we heard some. This guy's got the greatest name. This is a cat from Redondo Beach. He's in a band called Stab City, but he also does some solo stuff. And his name, his birth name is Sailor, Sailor Alexander. And um, that's a tune of his called Undercover. Then Joe Boone came to town. D. Boone's little brother, like two years younger than us, came to town. I jammed with him up the prac pad. Got big old fucking uh, calluses. Not calluses. What's before that? Blister. Big ones, because he ain't been playing in a while. But he brought me, he's made me make some pewter music. So that was a, a, he wants to make an album where every song's got in the title of their tunes, Motherfucker. And so that one's Death to the Motherfuckers. Cool. Uh, now that sounds the like theme? that's genetic There's and behavior. That cussing and, thing, uh, man. Man, we heard uh, the Reactionaries. Now this was the band oh, before cool. the Minuteman, 78, 79, Pedro. Started in 78, broke up middle of 79. And a song called Innuendo. And today, um, George Hurley is recording on drums his song Innuendo with some other Pedro musicians oh cool guys how kind of from he. the 90s on how dare he do that? Uh, Craig Ibarra put together this concert we made one practice tape with mm. 10 songs in Georgie's practice pad the one that said Olympic bonging yeah. team on the hatch <laughs> across from the high school lunchtime mm. it was like yeah okay where's this practice the science building remember the brick yeah. so he was yeah, on 17th, 17th Street there, right that's where we practice that's why we got Georgie because the drummers yeah, need practice yeah. 17th and what in the okay. shed 17th and Alma Maybe uh, maybe four houses up mm. west. Towards the hill. Yeah. So uh, we did ten songs and made two cassettes. I gave one to Brendan, who was, had the second mask at the time, you know, to try to get a gig. And then I kept one. And that was it. And I gave this... Uh, actually, you can hear these things at corndogs.org mm. because uh, I gave it to the cat running there. Hey, that's the But best Craig Ibarra, the guy who runs Rise and Fall yeah, fanzine... Craig, Craig Rocks. Uh, he came up with this concept. Let's get some, I don't know, second, third wave punk scene and Pedro right. guys to uh, Bring do back these to ten life. songs. Yeah. Cool. Oh, so he, and somehow he put all the names in a hat and picked dudes. And I, I, a couple of weeks I record with, uh, I think Jack Brewer's a singer. I'm on bass. Uh, Dirk Vandenberg drummer. I can't remember who the guitar is. But this band, Georgie's in. Uh, it's got Vince Giobi, a longshoreman oh, guy, yeah. on bass. Joe Bizes on guitar. Oh, cool. hey. Mm, fuck, I can't remember who's singing it. But uh, it's that song, Innuendo. Uh, that's cool, a neat project. Yeah, it's a trip. I mean, these were the first... I wrote all these songs. Steps in. Well, seven, seven of the ten, I wrote the words, but I wrote all the music. And this is my first time... I mean, I wrote mm. one song as a teenager, but these are the ones after. And, and punk scene came on there... You know, we're seeing the bags and bands like this, so it's kind of like that. We didn't have enough courage yet to do, uh, like, Wire or Pop Group yet, so... <laughs> well, what's this, like, 1979, Mike, or what? Yeah, yeah. Uh, when this was recorded, no, it's in 78. In fact, there's a song called 1979, because it was coming up. Great. Well, The Clash had a song called class, 1977. And uh, we like that green record. Yeah, the 10-inch? The no, it's the album. Oh, the first one, yeah. The drummer was Tory Crimes or something. Yeah. Topper Heaton was the. But there's nobody on the. No, it's it's, it's Tory Crimes. Yeah. I guess his real name was Ter- Terry Chimes. Mm-hmm. But yeah. know, the cover didn't have any drummer. It was just the, the guitarist and the bass player. So who are some of the other local bands doing the reactionary tunes? Yeah, man, I wish. Jeff City on there. I have oh. a, a Craig Abar sent me the whole list of these guys. No, they're Pedro guys. Um, 
I know Raul's on one. They're all doing it at 15th Street. They built a studio in that the old Peck Manor oh, where Raul cool. lives. Yeah, what yeah. is Raul's band? In the, in the uh, cellar. No, it ain't banned. The bands are put together okay. by Greg Ibarra picking names out of a hat. That's cool. Okay, so the, it's so not one band. It's, it's, it's musicians this, mixed and match. Yeah. This sounds like a motherfucker Minutemen type mm-hmm. idea. I like it. No. Well, kind of. It's Pedro. You know? Yeah. <laughs> it's lowercase, but with some kick to it. I don't know what it's like. I, I don't know what they're... Fa- I haven't heard any of the recordings so, yet. I think five are done so far. There's five more to go. So, this is like so I don't know if they're like uh, faithful to the, that practice tape, or did they just take the song and go on their own uh, trip with it? I don't know. I don't know what I'm on. I, the one I've got is uh, 1979 with uh, Jack Brewer. Does it sound like a Jonesy song? I think song they want me to sing one, too. I think I'm actually on two songs. Where I play bass on 1979, and then I sing on Video Madonna. I mean, this is before Madonna was a... I don't know what the fuck. I wrote this song about, like, the stuff. TV being something to pray to. So TV, that's where I said I, Video TV Madonna. Does. Yeah. It had nothing to do with the singer. I didn't know the singer until, like, 84 when Kay turned me on. Oh, she's working on a Clint Eastwood movie. Yes, yeah, she said. Uh, Nelson cool. Mandela. Really? Clint's getting more interesting every film. That's cool. Yeah, somebody told me he runs this big golf club in Carmel. I oh, think yeah. he need pay 500000 just to get in. <laughs> and he plays Dirty Harry, basically. <laughs> He's at the. He's got a great restaurant up there, too. Or he used to, anyway. I don't know if he still does. Killer Wasn't he mayor there for a while? I think he was. How old is he now? He's in his late 70s? Or? Yeah. I met him once. Carducci took me to the director's guild where he talked. He's work and he's uh. pushing it. Yeah. He, I like that. Late surge. He uh, took me to uh, Director's Guild where Clint Eastwood was doing a tribute to his mentor, which was uh, Don Siegel. I think produced uh, Play Misty for me. Okay. And Siegel comes out of this 64. place where he was making montages. Like in a film, if you want to see like a bunch of give the sense of a, a bunch of times went by flashbacks. so you have a bunch of calendars uh-huh. pages flipping that's like a montage yeah so he learned how to work really cheap in Econo and studios like that montage and uh, he's like a mentor so he's given this to, they showed that movie and they showed The Beguiled that's a good he's I think the only man in the movie oh wow they end up poisoning him with mushrooms he's a union soldier with a bunch of confederate women it makes them all kind of crazy they cut his leg off or something. Poison. Did you ever oh, see that? He no, might no, no, see both these movies, one. and then he gives a talk. And then at the end, just so happened, he was right there, and I got to shake his hand. Cool. Clint. Wow. Eastwood. Yeah. Was he living in the moment? He seemed very together and uh, calm, but not... Uh, it's all about me. Yeah, he's not all starstruck yeah. type, like when you type of hand, dude. Like someone I know took hands with the Dalai Lama, and he said, the cool thing was... There's a lot of people, but he took long enough to lock in with you and feel that send the energy vibe, you know. And that he seemed was, like he was like a little cautious of a weird man. Yeah, <laughs> like what makes a man start fires? He probably has that record, man. He plays it on the saxophone. Okay, get this. Well, last week, me and Raymond go and see uh, Roger Corman talk. Mm. Yeah, it was very interesting. This guy. In his 80s, and sharp as a tack, man, and talking about making movies. I guess his autobiography is called How I Made 100 Movies and Never Lost a Dime or something. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's how I started my film career. I worked my first three movies with Roger Corman. 
Wow, and, uh, man, is he a sensei? He, well, he, no, he, he, he was kind of a scumfuck. <laughs> was he? He was a scumfuck. Well, I mean, it's true. He did make all those movies, yeah. Never Lost a Diamond, because he didn't fucking pay anybody. Yeah, okay. so he has and to do a hit run on the street because he doesn't Did pay you like security. him as an artist? Oh, no, I wouldn't call what he 50 does 50 director, art. 50 movies he, he directed, like Wood, 500 he produced. Huh? Oh, he's, he's done. Oh, it's, it's produced. I've never worked with him as a director. So he's directed. This He's not even like Ed Wood because at least Ed Wood was passionate in the one project. He's on 50 million things at once. He's just making movies. He just churns movies up. You know? Well, Well, he's got a movie called The Wild Angels, okay? Yeah, yeah. It's about bikers. And I guess they use some real bikers. Yeah. The back of their jackets say San Pedro. Uh Now, I asked him about after the movie. I come up to him. Raymond takes me to the back there. Is that the hammer thing in Westwood? And uh, I said, what's that about, the San Pedro? I never noticed that before, but I'm watching it. And, uh, he said, well, the, uh, you know, the big chapter is San Bernardino. It's number two. They didn't want that in the uh-huh. movie. But they said, you can, we got some people in Pedro, so use that name. Uh-huh. And it's got the San, you know. Yeah. So he said, that, uh-huh. was, that was fun. And I said, well, thanks. Thanks a lot. I said, uh, yeah, much respect. And it was the same kind of look in the eyes, like, there's a very weird man yeah. here. <laughs> So I sensed that, and I saw it got right out of there really quick. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like, I didn't have that for him. I yeah. sensed it in him. Uh-huh. I wanted to rel- liberate him. But yeah. if he knew he you were the band that sang a song about <laughs> General Custer dying with shit in his pants, he'd have had a fit with that, man. He'd have gone John Wayne on you. He also <laughs> said he took L in Big Sur, because if he was going to make that trip movie, he thought he should know about it. Mm-hmm. And he said he fell in the mud and just faced down the whole trip in the mud. Well, right. So, Twan, what's your experience? Oh, you could feel like you're in Vietnam if you do that. With, oh, Roger. I worked a lot with his wife, too, Julie Corman, who's just awful, awful person. And uh, <laughs> my first movie, as a matter of fact, it was called... Here's, here's Real how, Life how Experience. Here's, here's how Roger Shorts. <laughs> my first movie, I was 23 years old. And it, with Roger Corman, it's the only place I knew where you could walk in off the street not knowing anything about filmmaking or how it's done and get a job. Uh, I worked as a grip, right? So um, it was called High Riders. And oh, like when someone yanks your skivvies, your chonies no, no, out. No, no, the name of the movie is called High Riders, <laughs> oh. right? It's about these, it's about these uh, biker, renegade it's bikers who grow pot. Wedgie. Wedgie. So here's how Roger works. They'll have a title a like that. side of that, too. Oh, those hey, called? Melvin. Sure you are. <laughs> so, anyhow, he goes Go through all these incarnations of uh, what's, what's the title actually going to be. So it starts off as High Riders. Kind of boring, right? And then I went from that to... Uh, what's a grip guy do? What's a grip? Oh, that's a whole... That, that's boring. We don't need to talk about that kind that of thing. That and gaffers. It's, it's boring stuff. It's technical. Yeah, it's guys behind the scenes yeah, making the movies the, the shootings happen. Yeah. 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 But you know... So, but uh, you're not handling that's the my camera. First job. I didn't know. That's you're not a cameraman. Yeah. No, you're not a cameraman, but you... Okay. you it's you, a labor you, job, man. That's well, tough, I'll tell you. Hard work. Yeah. Have you done it? Here, I'll oh, tell you. Yeah. Here, I'll, I'll tell you. Yeah, I'll tell you. Yeah, <laughs> but no, it's all camera motion. It's all you know. It's a, it's a, whenever you see a crane move or or a dolly moving, it's a grip is is handling all that kind of stuff. And that's just one of many things that a grip does. But kind of schlep. As opposed to the no, best boy. Okay. Then what is the best boy? No, 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 we shouldn't even get into this boring shit. Okay, it's <laughs> really for, for well, the back to the title. That shit. The, the best title, boy. That's the scary is what it is. It's not boring. That's frightening. The title keeps changing. Uh, yeah, because it's like, okay, High Riders. Okay, so, okay, that's whatever it is. And then he changed it to something else that was a little bit more exciting. The movie was finally released. Called, it was called, 
Uh, Warlords from Hell. That's the AI theme. <laughs> that's the end. That's, that's the, the Sam Hartman release. That's as, the you know? Yeah. And uh, it was my first movie, and I became really good friends of a guy who became a huge star. He got his big break. Uh, you know, Terminator Two, the second Terminator. Oh, Rob Patrick. Yeah. Rob Patrick, the guy who played the Liquid Terminator, the guy who could shapeshift. Yeah. That was his breakout movie. His first movie was Warlords from Hell, uh, and he played a bad guy. That's all he said to the to the protagonist in the movie is. Uh, Come on, get up, you fucking pussies! That's <laughs> like that's all. He said shit like that. I was like, working that. with Roger Corey Johnson. Besides changing movie titles, yeah. what about some other insights? Oh, well, you just basically you work for Roger Corman to get an education in film in filmmaking. Yeah. One of Jack Nicholson's first movies, I think it was. Uh, that was uh, a Hell's Angels. Uh, no, it wasn't the Hell's Angels one. It was the uh, the one that was redone by David Geffen. It was a musical of uh, the plant that eats people. What's it called? Little Shop of Horrors. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah, Little Shop of Horrors, yeah. Jack Nichols, one of his first movies. Uh, Fran- uh, Francis Ford Coppola was one of his uh, main assistants. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Venus Leitraft. There's uh, tons of tons of huge, huge talents came through the school of Roger Corp. Okay. Well, he worked so, with AIP with Sam Markoff and that whole factory. I, they distributed most a lot of his pictures. Who? AIP, you know. AIP, no, no, he was talking who, a lot about Roger, Roger Corman. No, Roger Corman. This is why Roger made so much fucking money is because he handled not just the production of his movies, but the distribution. He didn't have so to like Russ Meyer, yeah, smart. He would just... Everything know, came so, back to him. But he was yeah. at no this middle. talk, he was talking a lot about AIP. Uh, was he? Yeah. I See, that's... Uh, so you know more about that than I. I don't he was know talking about, about the Poe movies. Yeah, but I don't know anything With about Vincent it. Vincent Price. And, yeah. Yeah. They did the, all In fact, the one of your old partners, I, I don't know if he's your old partner, you remember uh, Colin Edwards, he had the band Bay of Pigs? Yeah, yeah. He ran uh, Roger's studio in Venice Beach, which is now a big uh, so-called artist loft complex, you know, but... Uh, it's he, become a Bay of Pigs then, really. <laughs> sort of. And, uh, but Colin um, uh, used to run that studio, and, and I lived in Venice Beach, and that became like my personal playground. It was fucking great, just... Yeah, going there every day, hanging at the studio. That's in fact, uh, I produced uh, the first Bay of Pigs music video, uh, uh, and um, it was called Plastic Pig, named after one of their albums. And the way we made it was, uh, Roger had this this storage shed in the back, right, where they put what, what, uh, all their film cans. Uh, they're called short ends. When you're filming, oftentimes you might have a thousand. You, you buy a brand new film, and you have a thousand foot roll of film. Let's say through the course of production, you only use 800 feet of that. You have 200 feet left. Yeah. That's a short end. Okay. So oftentimes, the short ends just end up stuffed, stuffed in, a, in a closet somewhere. So what we ended up doing, and with Roger, that shit's just going to rot there. So yeah. we took all that shit, sold it to Studio Film and Tape, which is a, they buy used film. They test it to make sure it's good. and uh, then they, it or whatever. And then they, they yeah. sell it at lower rates to filmmakers. And uh, that's how we funded cool. the first whole music video. Totally, you know, Econo, just... Just cleaning wow. out the place. Yeah, because, well, the thing is, it's like it would rain, and that storage locker would get flooded, so the the, the, the film cans that were on the bottom were just uh, underwater. Oh, so man. Roger, they didn't care about that fucking film, so I don't feel like I stole anything. I yeah, just right, took right. that but shit and they, made Tom's music already wrote that yeah. off, so, I mean... Yeah, exactly. No, yeah, yeah, yeah I worked for an auctioneer. It's like, get it out of here. It was yeah, like, yeah. Uh, he had some uh, intense advice for new filmmakers. He was saying, you're not going to get your movie in at the theater. you got to go to the Internet. Right. That's what he was saying, basically. Well, nowadays, yeah, it's all That's changed. That's what he was saying about these days. Yeah, right. It's all He's changed. He's saying, you know, because, of course, people are asking, I got a script, what mm-hmm. do I do? And he yeah. says, go to the internet, right. because they're not going to get your thing in the nothing. theater. You ain't getting nothing. The theaters are just so competitive. You got these $300 well, million dollar budget movies, and it's like, they, they've all got a lock and on the And the contractual, theaters. you know, with how many? Oh, it's huge. There, there was it's something about money. this Billy Jack anniversary, doesn't... and he was saying, back then, you had to take, in, in these small towns, 
to the main theater in town and have a run there before you could go to the, the regular the old, theater. In, in, the 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 in the old days. Yeah. He was talking anymore. about his first film in the yeah. 50s, about yeah. some creature on the under, yeah. on the bottom of the ocean. Yeah. He said, that opened up in like five, six hundred theaters. Right. No you more. You could do that in those days. Yeah, yeah. no more. Yeah. He now, said, now his movies for years, what they did is he, they just went straight to video and then straight to DVD. They don't even well, have a theater about it. Back then, yeah. though, it was quick distribution. Like SST, I mean... The thing was, you could make be an indie company, but you got to be able to get the stuff to the person to buy it, you know. Right. And getting out to 500 theaters that fast is well, somebody now, had thought, taken care of that. That's probably well, the Sam Mark. Nowadays, there's so many uh, different uh, avenues for exposure that the theater is just, uh, especially product for a small time, Joe. Well, yeah, but you know, if you're some small time filmmaker, your product yeah. placement isn't gonna, you know, uh, it's not gonna get you anything. Yeah, and, and you know, Tecate's not going to, they're not going to give a fuck about it. It gets anymore. me to not want their product anymore. When I see it, you know what? I stop using that product. Yeah. Okay, man. Yeah. We're at the end of the first hour, June 21st, 2009. Watt from Pedro Show. Hold tight for hour two. June 21st, 2009. It's the second hour of the Watt from Pedro Show. And uh, Brother Twan is further enlightening us to. The inner workings of movie. Oh, I forgot to say what those other songs were. I got so enthralled in your thing. We heard, after Reactionaries, we heard Dance Weirdo by Meth Wedding, (laughs) Stupid People by Cocho Bisexual, and No More by Sex Worker. So, (laughs) that's your weekly uh, trifecta of sex uh, related trash. Where were we? What were we talking about? It's about that badass who retired. Oh, you're, you know, you're talking about... Well, no, he ran a tight set, you know? you're talking about grips. You're asking about yeah, grips. So I was just telling you, you know, like, it's not just a job anyone could waltz in on and, and, and think they can do, just uh, green. I was talking about my friend, uh, Herb Alt, who's just done one huge movie after another. Uh, I mean, I go to imdb.com and punch in Herb Alt and, and be blown away by his resume, but... Uh, Herb will work with like you know Academy Award-winning directors of photography, and that's usually who hires the gaffer and the grip. You know, the key grip and the gaffer get hired by the director of photography because the director of photography is in charge of the look of the film and camera right. work and all that. So he wants his best people around him. Right. So Herb is badass. So Herb has all his own equipment, trucks, everything, and he he's kind of like a live job. stage manager. I mean, he's right there keeping everyone. Oh yeah, but and it, and it's, yeah, even he's a step, part of the mix. Uh, well, big time yeah, the energy, the synergy. Yeah. But he. What happens on a film set, and it's it's fucked up. As a, as a crew member, which I've been for many years, I, I backed out of. I haven't worked on a film set in the last two years, but uh, by choice, I might, I mind you. But uh, why? Why? Because I'm just uh, being fed up. Yeah, fed up. Fed up with how the business works. Yeah. So uh, it's not to say I won't come back to it, depending on the circumstances of what comes at me. But uh, I'm fine with having walked away. For now, but I love movies. You know, I just love. It movies. sounds like it's like the record business at the high level. You know, where you yeah, just, yeah, what a, you have to put up. All the shit, all the cocksucking, all bullshit. your creative juices. Uh, yeah, just make this director of photography. He's got a crew that kind of. He's well, a guy that's a, the well, pit he, boss, he, he right? Gets, he's like all. He's well, got like a regular team, you. right? Because they're used to each other. And yeah, and uh, and he knows what 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 they're capable of. So, unlike in Herb's case, yeah. right, the key grip. He works with a guy a lot uh, named John Toll. John Toll won a few Academy Awards for his cinematography, right? So what happens on a film set invariably is, is uh, you'll have some director who'll say this, and these are famous last words, and all film crew members hate hearing it. Hey, I've got an idea. Usually means you're about to get fucked hard, right? <laughs> so, so then they'll say, if we had the camera, you know, up there, hanging upside down at this angle, it would be so fucking cool. And Herb 
will be taking notes, and then he'll think, okay, if I, you know, what would that take to do that? And he'll sketch something out, and he'll he'll send it to his guy at his metal shop, and they'll fucking fabricate the part, and the next day he'll show up with it, and they they can do it. So they're innovating on the fly. So that's but like Herb, Herb is such a badass that he can do that. Not not everyone's in his position, but yeah, yeah. that's why he got to that level. Is he's a free form. Oh, he's just, a ba- he's just inventing on the fly. Yeah. Um, and he makes bank. You know, he does really well. Yeah, but. Uh, it's a hard fucking job, and the but the is he the guy that is the asshole who barks out the things? I saw them. They did Animal House where I live, and Landis is upstairs smoking weed and yeah, doing sure. churcho, mm-hmm. and this guy was just a badass. Um, and that's why it was a tight. Uh, you know, they who, got who, it done who efficiently. No, the guy working for him, the the in the position you're talking about. Yeah. Um, you know, the one really the floor boss. Oh no, that, that, you're, I think you're talking about the first assistant director. Is that what that would be? Yeah, it's a first AD. It's different. So yeah. this is a guy that puts together what you need. There's a lot of hierarchy, huh? Oh, that's huge. Yeah. So this huge. guy goes. And Listen, man, the film is it kind of like food chain. It's sort of, and and uh, because uh, I see that like roadies in in, in the rock music, yeah. there's kind of there's this a pecking order. Yeah. Yeah, and like sure. if you put together the stage set, there's a certain pride in that that transcends everything else. Mm-hmm. I would think, right? You know, right. the creator of designing this right. and thinking how does we got to make that 7 eighths because it's well filmed. usually somebody else builds it but someone else get, takes the credit someone <laughs> higher up takes the credit That's for the work that other people have, have, have invented Se- session men too yeah, I, I've been told there's kind of a food chain yeah. it's this human mentality about mm-hmm. it's not who you know it's who you blow right right yeah. there, there's a lot of truth to that you know LA Unified alright let's hear some music did not fade from noise meditation we stopped abruptly while spinning down this is not to depict hesitation A silent gesture for princess's pleasure Ah, see what heaven said Whoa, straight from heaven's gate Yeah, ah, see what heaven said Yeah, when it embraces hate Yeah, elastic dreams of vicious actions Plastic stomachs wrapped in steel Falls in a debris curtain Trash can Canterbury Hollywood Boulevard Oh, you can count on it Yeah, Richard Hell Tacked to the wall Trouble, libraries of rubble. I don't wanna know. Whoa, gets the highest score. No, that's when my poodle kicks. Yeah, on the gallery floor. Whoa, Meditation. We stopped abruptly while spinning down. Hair falls in a debris curtain. A silent gesture for princess's pleasure. Here comes Mary Rat. 
Watt from Pedro's show. Uh, we had an enlightening uh, insight from Brother Twan to start off second hour, and then we heard some music, something from a brand new Sonic Youth album, which is called Thunderclap for Bobby Pinn. Now, Bobby Pinn was Darby Crash's first rock name, punk name. And uh, Didn't Kim then we heard the same high school as Darby. You yeah, know I, I, I think of difference in age. Yeah, but I mean, they did go to. He was probably. I know people went to high school with him. Paul Rossler, uh, Kira Rossler. Yeah. Pat Smear. Mm-hmm. Okay. Now um, uh, we had the Lightning Crabs. After that, with Kurosawa had no pre-war films, and then which ties in Brother Twine there. Yeah, then we have Bob Wire Parachute by Closed Third Eye. And then we had Parachute by the Jonks. I got to play with them in Houston, I think second time. Then we heard Drunk Office Party Guy by the Genuine Imitations. And then Captain Ass Grab by the Rogue Nations. And Bem- Bemsha Swing by the Coroners. And finally, Witch Hunt by Same Things. Yeah. Now comes this part of the show that I really dig. His brother Matt and his spin cycle. Cool, thank you.
the Mac. Exciting Thank confusion. you for your spin cycle. <laughs> cool. Thank you. And what was the inspiration in impetus? Basic fat. Yeah, just into some fat beats. Had some bass fat nectar. When's, bass, when's, it, when's it? 29th? Um, August 1st, I know he's going to be doing Juju Beats. But you're going to see a gig, right? Uh, I just saw one like a two oh. weeks ago. Uh, Henry Fonda was kind of shaky. I got um, a flyer for that Juju Beats. I saw Stefano play up in... Um, oh, right. Vegas. How was that? How was it? It was cool, man. It was uh, It was just this desert, you know, scene shacks in the middle of nowhere, and then it turned into, uh, you know, like a, a mansion party, only in the desert. Yeah, it sounded like it was going to be pretty bitching. A lot I'm of cool music. I'm going to play in the desert. When? September 19th, Missing Man in Joshua Tree of Joshua Tree Saloon. Oh, right, at the Happy Peppy and Harriet. Is that that's uh, no, that's at the, that's, at the uh, saloon's next that's door. That's in Pioneer Town. Uh, Joshua Tree Saloon is in Joshua Tree. Cool, cool. It's all part of that Yucca Valley. Yeah, room. yeah, they got a little scene going out there. Yeah, that'd desert be cool. People. But the only time I played in the desert was when. Uh, that Minutemen bus thing? The meat puppets, Third? huh? These, uh, no, it was with uh, Savage Republic. I think mm-hmm. they did it a year later. Uh, and they ran it. We were the first one. Uh, Stuart Sweezy rented out these two school buses, got a generator, mm-hmm. and us and Savage Republic played in a dried lake bed. So oh, we didn't so even play in a town. Was it was out in the wilderness. And you could actually see a picture of it in when you open up double nickels on the dime. D. Boone's got to wear sunglasses because the sand's blowing, and he wore, wore contacts. Yeah. He bitchin. looks huge. In and this Richard bitchin. Meltzer went to that gig. Oh, bitching. Yeah, I remember the up. bus on the way home getting a flat tire, and these cats uh, come up and start throwing rocks. Oh. Like they come up there and it starts to saying some stupid jokes and shit. And I said, laugh! <laughs> laugh! And they start throwing it. And everybody all of a sudden, from like, ah, these guys are weirdos out there, are, are all frightened. They're going to kill us. East side well, rocks. <laughs> Yeah, it was a trippy wow. thing. So that's cool. That spawned a whole uh, couple generations of righteous desert parties. Yeah. Well, you picked a spot. That's yeah, a desert party. Then, then, um, then I went to one where I wasn't playing. Einstein said Neubaum was out there. Maybe it was oh, right, the same right, group yeah. of people doing them. And that's where I it's saw like them. That was the last now. time I tripped. Uh-huh. 83? Uh-huh. In a long time. Good so place that was to 83, do it. that? Uh, Good place to do kind it. Kind of. Uh, yeah. Also with Einstein's and Neubauten was uh, Mark Pauline. Oh, like, yeah, uh, with the machines. So and crazy crazy stuff. Yeah. And uh, some of it was kind of dangerous. Yeah, uh, crazy robot stuff. stuff. Like uh, 20 shotgun things yeah. uh, going off. And, Circular some, saw uh, arms. Some very uh, intelligent person had a handgun and was shooting it off in, uh, in the crowd. And, uh, people tripping and stuff. I don't know. And, and firearms. Really. Yeah, it's a bad Those combo. are better than the best rock be Bad combo. Didn't you do like Joy at Sea around that same time too? Joy at Sea was when we rented a boat yeah, with yeah. Uh, meat puppets and just sailed around playing. Uh-huh. Man, that's one I wish I could go back in time for. I remember seeing the ad for that. It's like 15 bucks. You know? <laughs> Sunset Cruise. I mean, three hour tour. <laughs> with, uh, yeah, it just sailed around yeah. in the harbor. Something I think there's a reggae boat, boat in Long yeah. Beach that does the same thing. Yeah, I see it tied up on the other side of Alamitos. Yeah, Bay. but having a man, man and a meat puppet that's a, that's a, quite a cruise. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> okay, let's hear some more music.
さないように握りしめたままの Mr. Nels Klein.
You've been very kind to us. What for Pedro Show? Oh. That was Maggot Brain, a live version uh, that I did with Brother Sister Daughter last December. It was my birthday, my 51st birthday in Tokyo. Well, you've been Before on. that, we had Kate Sakura with the Countin' Song Part 2. Well, it just came out. There's a uh, compilation called Kill Your TV oh, yeah. 09. And I played you the whole thing there, but it, it, it had to be whittled down for the comp. I think it's half as long. But that's actually uh, Nels oh, so Klein. Also, edited mm-hmm. down to 13 minutes from 27 or one of those? No. So that's actually Nels Klein's first uh, gig ever in Japan. And, and he birthday. came the night before on the airplane. Yeah. Just uh, flying. No prack. Wow. That's Nelson. Just had to go mm-hmm. and. It's a gunslinger. Wail on it. And, uh, well, we've done Maggie mm-hmm. Brain Bunch, but we yeah. did other songs too. In fact, we ended up two days after we made an album. Mr. Shinny play on this? With Nelson? Brother, Sister, Daughter is. Well, actually, it's an umbrella name. I used for it, just playing in Japan. But mm-hmm. this version here had um, his wife, Nishuko, on drums. Well, that's your umbrella name. I like that. Oh, it makes sense. And Mr. Shimmy played guitar, and Nels Klein played guitar. Wow. But the first time I used that name, Sam Bennett on drums and Kramer on fuzz bass. Right. Kramer and so, Oh, also, Jim O'Rourke played synthesizers. Mm-hmm. So there's actually five people in the band for the gig. And I'm going the end of August to do four days in the studio with Jim O'Rourke and make a duo album. So yeah. so uh, Mr. Shimmy and uh, yeah. a few people, they were the new uh, Yoko Ono band? Plus they just played band. with, uh, yeah, they got a couple bands. Who's the did, bass they, player in that band? Classic Ono band. Maybe Sean Lennon? Yeah. I don't know, but I know they're both playing husband-wife team. They also play in Cornelius. Mr. Kigo was there. It was a big gig at Royal well, Albert Hall. Did you go on that? Or? And they have a... She's a drummer. And uh, they have a band, Shuka, called If By Yes with Petra. I think Petra was involved, too. There. I it's that just If By Yes? Um, different combinations uh-huh. of the same people. A little pool. Uh-huh. And then uh, before that, we heard Mouse on the Keys, which has got... Uh, played with them on that tour I did a year and a half ago over there and started off with a new song by Light that they recorded just before the, the day before their first US gig in Manhattan they, they recorded that in uh, Baltimore they don't have a title yet okay we're at the end of the second hour June 21st 2009 happy solstice father day lot for Pedro hold tight for hour three June 21st 2009. It's the third hour of the Watt from Pedro show, and here's part three of Jack Flanders in the White Castle. Jack. I thought I'd find you in the Casbah. Isn't it amazing? It's like having the whole world at your fingertips. He never said anything about this. Including, where did you meet Sanford White? I met him in Paris in the spring. Ah, April in Paris. Whom can I run to? What have you done to my heart? <laughs> Sounds wonderful, except Paris in April. It's usually damp, dark, 
and cold. Mm, it was a lovely day in May. May in Paris, with the bees and the birds and the blossoms. That must have been romantic. I had stopped at a sidewalk cafe. It was very crowded. All the tables were so close to each other, I was almost rubbing elbows with the man seated next to me. He was a large man in a white suit with white shoes and wearing a Panama hat. He made a comment about the weather. We started talking about Paris. And then, when he discovered I was from Montréal, he told me that he had once lived there. But why are you in Paris? Are you on holiday? It does me good to get away from paradise now and then. Mm. Is that where you live? Paradise? That is where I live, yes. And where exactly is paradise? It's an island in the Caribbean. It's called St. Alicia. Oh, I assume it's very beautiful. It's breathtakingly beautiful. And what do you do there? I'm building a castle. Oh, a castle in the tropics. Yes, an honest-to-God castle. I would have preferred to have bought one ready-made, but they're rather a scarce item down there. Is it a large castle? As castles go, no, it's rather modest. So is this something you've always wanted? Your own castle? I had an English nanny who told me stories of knights in armor and tales of the Holy Grail. Oh, and, and princesses held up captive by dragons. Yes, there were fierce dragons guarding great treasures. Oh, were you disappointed when you discovered that life isn't like that? But it is. Really? These things may still exist, but on dimensions that are quite different than ours. Do you believe that? I do. And I believe so do you. And then he told me how we'd found the perfect location to build this castle. He felt it was on an intersection of Earth energy lines. Oh, you mean ley lines? Yes, though I was uh, skeptical. Why? Well, I felt if he had built this castle in a sweet spot, as he called it, that it may have been a sacred place once used by the original inhabitants of the island. There were stories of ancient rituals. Sacrifices? Oh, yes. And even a lover's leap. Oh, a cliff that lovers would leap from? Life can be tough for lovers. Oh, it sounds like a strange place to build a castle. I don't believe any of it. You must come and see for yourself. I think you will find it's a very sweet and benevolent location that I've chosen. But why are you building a castle? Why not? What is life for but to explore? I thought you said you had retired. No, no, I can never retire. There's too much of life to experience. My castle in the moonlight is one of the loveliest sights you'll ever see. Trust me. A few months ago, I received an email from Sanford. There were photos of his white castle. He never mentioned that it was white. When I saw what he had built, I thought this was out of a fairy tale. <laughs> yeah, it's out of a fairy tale, all right. His own. What are you saying? I don't believe it. Why don't you believe? Well, this is such a state-of-the-art castle. It, it's hard for me to believe that he built it just to indulge himself. Well, I, I think he's the type of man who does indulge himself. Oh, excuse mm. me. I was trying to find the railroad room. The what? The railroad room, you know, where they have the trains. <laughs> Are you going somewhere? I was going to meet Mojo. He said he'd be in the railroad room. I don't know where that is. Yeah, I, I thought I heard a train down the hall. That way? Uh, no, the other way. 
That away is Copacabana. Oh, I think they're having uh, fireworks there. In Copacabana? I'll tell Mojo. Merci. Now, where were we? Sanford. There's something fishy going on here. Oh, Jack. Do you always have to turn everything into a mystery? And you think it's all just hunky-dory? Uh, <laughs> it's what? Hunky-dory. What is that? Well, you know, Peachy Keen, Jim Dandy. Oh, do you mean Ducky? Ah, Ducky. Yes, exactly. Everything here is just Ducky. Ah, good. I'm glad we agree. Huh? a very strange dream. I met Sanford White. Mm -hmm. What was he like? I didn't actually see him. In my dream, I was walking along the beach. There must have been a moon. Everything was in a sort of half-light, in black and white. I saw something in the sand. It was a seashell, you know, the kind you hold up to your ear to hear the ocean. <laughs> Did you hear the ocean? <laughs> I heard a voice. Here you are at last. Pardon? Will you help me? Who is in there? Please help me come out of my shell. Who are you? I was put here by an evil genie. Why? Oh, it's such a long story. I'd like to hear it. Once I'm free, I'll tell you. Will you help me? How? Take me back with you. How do I know that you are not the evil genie? Do you believe in evil genies? No, but you could be. Trust me. Are you a good genie? A very good genie. If I set you free, will you give me three wishes? Your wish is my command. Will they come true? They always do. All right. What do I do? Rub my shell. Rub your shell? Yes, please. You mean... like this? That <gasps> feels good. Mm. Now the other side. Ah. Mm. Oh. Oh, yes. I love it. And then I woke up. Hmm. Did Mr. Genie uh, come out of his shell? I don't know. You're saying Sanford White was a genie. It was his voice. But here's where it gets creepy. When I woke up, there was a seashell on the dresser. And my sandals were covered with sand. Do you sleepwalk? Not that I know of. Did you listen to the seashell? Of course. No. Did you hear anything? I heard the ocean. <laughs> no genie? No. I even said, hey, anyone in there? The shell had been vacated? It was a very strange dream. <laughs> Maybe while you were sleeping, the genie climbed out of the shell. You mean he's running around free in the castle? I guess we'll find out. Then when do I get my three wishes? Oh, well, I think the only way you're going to get them is to dream on. Hmm. Hmm. Is this New Delhi? <laughs> Looks like old Delhi. <laughs> Do they have delis in Delhi? Yeah, one on every corner. 
No, they don't. I'll ask Rose. I wanted to tell you that my cousin Rose told me that Johnny Seven knew Sanford White. I emailed Johnny, and he's going to join us. Really, Johnny Seven? Oh, he's a character. I liked him. <laughs> When's Johnny coming? He's flying in this morning. There's an airstrip on this island. His plane has pontoons. Huh? The more, the merrier. But where is Sanford White? Does he have a plane? Oh, he probably has a teleporter. <laughs> Does anyone remember their dreams from last night? I do. I found a seashell with a genie in it. Oh yeah? Did you make a wish? I wish I had. The genie's voice was Sanford White. He was in my dream too. Hey, is that Johnny? I think it is. I'll tell you about the dream later.
Watt from Pedro Show. Started third hour off with uh, part three. Jack Flanners in the White Castle. Then we heard World's Tiniest Rainbow by Secret Codes. And then Give Me Your Love by 51717. Which I heard upside down is Lili's. Code. They didn't bring my decoder. Maybe the lady's name is Lisa. I don't know. Secret code. Yeah. Uh, now, Bob, you, you had something to say. Relating to. It don't matter. Uh, legal weapon last night. Pretty yeah. good. Really great to see Chad Arthur you, out you there. You manhandling the camera there. Yeah. Yeah. Filling in here. Part of the uh, banditry. But I thought Legal Level was pretty good. They had the original drummer. You, you got a history with handling cameras, right? Uh, yeah. Venice or Mars, Red Tide Rising. Well, in high school, we actually did a um, weekly sportscast, and we covered a motocross match with our high school. Interviewed Brian Gumball. Um, he was the prick then, in 1973, too. <laughs> Ray Johnson, my friend Glenn, is interviewing. I'm him. talking about the Raymond Pettibone movie. Weren't, didn't you handle the camera there? Yeah. And the Morrison, most of it. Get my dad. background. Uh, died and then um, someone took it over but yeah I seem to recall uh, now now what was that about like what Raymond just said Bob here's a camera I don't remember that part so much as trying to find someone to play oh, I can't remember either that's we why I'm asking Raymond and I would go to these bars and her most trying to find someone to play Pamela and as Raymond said it would have been easier if we were making a porn flick I mean when they hear it's no it's a Jim Morrison and, no but uh, you get in the camera so he, Raymond and I went to the store to actually buy the camera that we, I ended up using, and it's a Best Buy. And he um, asked the guy at the time, before Watt was brought in, you want to be in it? You can be Jim, you know. And you mean the Best Buy clerk? Yeah, the Best Buy clerk that we bought the camera from, okay? And so Raymond explains <laughs> well, it this Well, my telepathy didn't work. No you still got to use is. words, Bob. Yeah. <laughs> Raymond has no idea. The guy has no idea what's going on. And... Um, Raymond's way of describing Just taking it, the camera the bullpen. His way of describing it to the guys, this is verbatim. I was telling someone this last night. He, he's trying to pitch it to him, and Raymond just says, well, it won't exactly be a Disney budget, but people will be watching this film 50 years from now. That's word for word what Raymond said. I remember and that scared that. the clock away. Yeah, the guy was like ready to macaroni, you know, like General George Custer. All right, so you and got so, the camera. Yeah, and... Um, I don't know how you came in the picture because Raymond was out of town, but he I, don't know, I was just around. No, but how did you end up shooting the thing? Um, very carefully in the Neuterhauses. It was hard to work with. The one thing I tried to do with my camera work was keep the idiot sheets out because you guys were so good on just seeing it and going with it. But with my training in, in film, I couldn't, with good conscience, just have that in there if, if I could eliminate it. But we shot in a Neuterhaus, which is a very tight space, you know, Econo. And the camera that Raymond and I bought, we didn't realize. We didn't put... You're talking about not knowing your No, your what I'm saying is the movies I did with Raymond before that, he worked the camera. Yeah, he did. Yeah. And so, what, you guys have a discussion about this? You know, that's what's cool about Raymond is it just happens on the fly. It's like you were talking about earlier. If you're around and... You just handed the we're, camera We're just kind of playing you. around with it. Yeah. All of a sudden, what I remember is all of a sudden Bob's got the camera. <laughs> Raymond shot a lot of the early scenes. Yeah, and, and his are much better because he actually had a vision of what he wanted. But when it came to the script, he went to Germany and his mom, I don't know. The script got lost. Got misplaced. Yeah. And so he was rewriting on the fly. And so that's he's why. the only one that's that knew why. what he wanted. 
And with that's Raymond, why you don't, the, the actors spirit. don't see it. Yeah. I don't not told what the scene even is. So that's being creative is when you have no idea what it's even about, and you have to go with it live and create a rhythm. You didn't know where the camera was going. No, and the limitations of the yeah. room in terms of the camera we bought mm. was in too tight in the nurture. I couldn't bring it out far enough to really... So reason the limitations, I'm not saying that's the only reason it wasn't great, but... Well, the parts of Raymond shower, he's shooting their feet. See, he had seen this like Ulysses, you know, <laughs> he, he was in his head. Camera, right? He had that right. film in his head. So whether there was a script or not, that could have been a silent film. He would have shot that that way. Yeah, yeah. And he was directing yeah, as you were also shooting acted it, in it. Who'd you play? Yeah. Uh, Ray Manzanera? Ray Manzanera. And, and, and you and said also, I played someone else. And yeah, the manager. That was when he was filming us on the roof. That's the best scene. The manager, yeah. too. You, 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 you get two roles. Yeah, haven't you seen those Harvey Corman films? That's pretty common, you know. Harvey Corman? A Murphy. I mean, not Harvey Corman. Roger Corman, um, those oh, those great pictures. Harvey Corman, Harvey Corman. Corman. Harvey Corman. Yeah. Yeah. Corman, yeah, yeah, she had another one that did the Lady other Chan. ear, you know, and, um, you know, Tony Orlando. Hey, not three times, if you'll. What's the name of the film you're talking about? This is. Um, this is Red Tide Rise in Venice or Mars, and it's just kind of a like take on, on Jim Morrison's. Later days, just in the before doors. he goes to Paris, that mm -hmm. is, 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 well, it ends up in Paris because I end up dying in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. But uh, my ghost comes back. I'm got these leather pants on. My dad and I, when I came in and saw that uh, a few months back, when I finally got the thing, I go, "Wow, man, this is this." Is, they went satirical on this. It got pretty. Now you know, I was there in Paris for the 36th anniversary of his death, yeah. and uh, there was a cat. And we played the gig. Is it like June 5th, June 6th, June 4th? Like July, July, July. Somewhere early July. Yeah. And there was a guy at the gig who said he was in the club that he last was to. And he actually died in the shitter of the club. And then they took him to his pad mm -hmm. to make it. That's cool. Look like he died in the bathtub. Mm -hmm. And it was uh, too strong of a dose of a heroin or something. Mm -hmm. like it's like Janice. She got hit with, got some good stuff for a chain here, and just boom, gone. They say she was like last at Barney's Beaner, or her car was parked. Yeah, that's on the Graveline down, tour. Down the block. That's the first stop on the Graveline tour. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, let's hear some music. Thank you. 
father died while grandma chanted. They blessed her with whiskey and cigarette ash and cursed her with Darkness of the
Watt from Pedro's show. Uh, last music for the show was uh, start off with uh, Rara Avis. Or maybe it's Avis, because it sounds like Latin. Rara Avis by Muzzled Hymns. I heard the, uh, the Pals Verdi and Pedro guys. Oh. And then we heard uh, Freemasons by a Chicago band called The General. And this cat told me that The General, if, who knows The Prisoner? Yeah. Oh, yeah. Number six. There's a there's an episode called the General. The, there's some kind of like speed reading program, but it's actually a way to implant uh, mind control. Oh, shooting, it's like yeah. that NLP stuff. And, and, yeah, yeah, right. And the guys like there's some television program. I'll yeah. teach you how to speed read or mm-hmm. quick learning. Speed learning, learning but it's actually uh, buying the party line and stuff. And the General actually is a pewter, and he defeats the pewter by. Uh, some kind of paradox, like, uh, I don't know, uh, this is false. He makes it time out by going or something like that. Stuff. No, he gets an in infinite loop. Yeah, it's yeah, like the true. gerbils running the wheels, and yeah. it doesn't comprehend. Yes. This is not true. Perfect. This is a lie. Yeah, it keeps, it oh, yeah, keeps defaulting like back that. to it's the yeah. alpha and omega. Wait, it's even on or off, and uh, I don't God, know. God, I should know it, because I've right. seen it like 30 or 40 times. I, I'm not familiar with it. Yeah, well, there were 17 episodes at the time. 67, 68, when yeah. it was being made. Yeah. Black and white. Or is yeah. it 60? No, it's color. The TV fact, show. it was the, the most expensive television show on the planet. It yeah. was $100,000 a show. Yeah. This guy, Patrick McGowan, who died a few months ago. Secret Agent Man. Had a show called, it actually was called Danger Man. When they brought it to U.S., they called it Secret Agent Man. Yeah. P.F. Sloan. He was good on that. And he had a very successful man. show. So what they said was, we'll give you a show where you direct and write. And he only wanted seven episodes, but they said, uh, we can't syndicate it. So... He had to add 10 more. Mm-hmm. In the middle of some of them, he did Ice Station Zebra. And mm-hmm. A trippy man. Actually, he had to move to L.A. because the last episode was so lame. A lot of people thought it was a lame ending, and they were threatening the kids. And, wow. <laughs> was it editing? Yeah, was like, Not editing. No, no. The plot was just too... The spectators can be brutal, can't they? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> that shit Customers, was cerebral, though, you know? <laughs> Yeah, it was My a great show. Was a I didn't know it was color till I got the DVDs. I, I never saw it. Well, we I saw had it as a boy. Set when it was on. Same That's why me. I think of it that way, you know. But it's not. It was color. And yeah, it was made in this place called Port Marion in Wales. Uh, some some Klaus, Sir Lord Clow, built this kind of uh, little town that little was uh, town. based on some Italian via. So it looks much different than mm-hmm. other Welsh kind of thing. In the village, you mm-hmm. can go there and. Uh, Wow. Maybe one day I would Wales, like to. I've played in uh, Bristol, Bristol, which is like next to Newport. It's around the border that, uh, with England. Kids, sure, uh, kids in Bristol are sharp as a pistol. <laughs> yeah, all right. When you I was from Bristol, the pop group. Yeah. The pop group are from Bristol. Oh, they were from Bristol. Yeah. Brother okay, Matt, so uh, time last night. after uh, the general, that tangent, <laughs> we, we heard Land of Laughs by the Woolen Men. And then the Jeez. ballad of Honeysuckle Peach by the Charmkin Rebellion. Sweet. And that's got Vince Maroney on drums. Oh, cool. Hey, and, it, and also this band he's been playing horn with and harp called Atomic Sherpas uh, did dig, Dug In Deep. And then finally we heard So Long, Okay, by Mr. Little Jeans. Cool. Is that, a name? is that a good name yeah. for a band, Mr. Little Jeans? <laughs> so you got crabs, but no clams. And, well, that is... That's a shock, kind of, but... Yeah, Vince is one talented dude. 
He can blow that. Many instruments he rocks. Man, instruments he rocks. did a lot of uh, gigs with Carlos yeah. Guitarlos. Yeah. Much respect to Vince. Yeah. He wants to get into recording. He got a little Pro Tool thing, and so cool. he wants to be on the doing side, not cool. just the playing side. So that's great. Dude. His adventure. He was in uh, a couple bands. You were asking about me touring in the 90s. Uh, he was in a band called The Crew of the Flying Saucer with Nels Klein and Michael Preusner. It's only time I tried to use two drummers. George Hurley would tell me, man, you give me too much to do on that kick drum thing. I thought if I had two drummers, then it wouldn't be such a burden. But they, it was a weird chemistry that's hard to although the uh, Vince Maroney great drummer in fact later I had him in a band in the late 90s called uh, Pl- pair of the pair of pliers with Tom Watson Tom Watson's actually been in three bands with me the pair of pliers the John and Terry show and the missing man that and both him and Raul are going whales, out with Lou Barlow man, that guy gets some crazy sounds coming yeah, out yeah. of that thing he's great I dug him when he was doing his little D-Boon dance yeah yeah. <laughs> that was great <laughs> and, and Harold yeah. talking about Harold yeah. <laughs> yeah that was great I like making I like a little uh, corridor behind Raul now I can get over uh, and be with him yeah, that was great he cool. did that <laughs> no it, it, I think it enhances you know I just get to be over there, especially uh, even be behind both of them. Mm. So it's not like they're backing me up. Mm. It's like I'm backing them up, mm. literally. You know, Tom's pretty good with those facial expressions on stage. He has some yeah, Lugosi-isms. Raul's got some face. Raul was having okay, fun last night. He look, was look, I want to thank everybody for coming aboard. Bob. Always Juan, a treat. For me, at least. <laughs> Joe. New man Kevin, you know we didn't hear yeah. one word from Kevin. He's taking care of biz. Was a, you you got to say something. You got to say something. Say something. What about your stunt driving ability at three in the morning? I can back a car up fast. Yeah. 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 Much respect, and brother Matt, you're cool. always essential. Thank you. Aiden cool. Bad. Cool. Uh, this has been the June twenty first. Happy Solstice, Happy Pops Day. Yeah. Um, Two thousand nine. Keep your powder dry. Yeah.